millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, April 1st. I'm Desiree Frazier, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, an update on power outages in the wake of Wednesday's storms. And we hear from a leader at the University of Mississippi Medical Center as the hospital's contract with a major health insurer expires. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Most Mississippians' electricity is back on after this week's severe storms, but thousands remain without power. Maura Hartman is with Entergy Mississippi. She speaks with Mississippi Edition producer Rob Lane. Once the storms rolled through Entergy Mississippi's service area on Wednesday afternoon and into the evening, we ended up with peak outages of 33,000 approximately customers, and that was in virtually every one of the 45 western Mississippi counties that our utility serves. So they were scattered all over from north to south, and um, it was quite a mess. By yesterday, within, say, 24 hours, we had restored 75% of those customers. And now this morning, out of the 33,000, we have just under 2,000 customers remaining without power. Any sense on when those remaining outages will stand to be resolved? Yes, those 2,000 customers who remain out, they represent the most difficult repairs. Um, They're scattered through throughout some 25 of the 45 counties we served, with the bulk of them being in about seven counties, Atala, Bolivar, Hines, Humphreys, Panola, Tallahatchie, and Yazoo counties. And the terrain in which the grid is located that needs to be repaired by our guys, um, for the most part, in most of those counties, it's very rural terrain. It's hard to get to. It's muddy up to the guys' knees, I've heard in some instances. And you need specialized equipment to get into those areas. So those, it's just taking a, a very long time, and, it, and it's a very difficult repair. In the Jackson area, in Hines County, in the more urban areas, um, it's just as difficult a situation, but it's entirely different. In that instance, 
We have a lot of backyard work. We have very old neighborhoods in the Metro Jackson area, and a lot of the lines, the poles, and all of that are behind homes, homes that no longer have alleys like they did 100 years ago. And so you also need very specialized tracking equipment to get back into these these yards behind houses to be able to make the necessary repairs. Now, of course, those 2,000 or so remaining outages aside, it sounds like Entergy was able to handle the vast, vast majority of outages relatively quickly. Are there sort of extenuating factors or particular things about certain storms that make one storm easier to recover from than another? Oh, sure. A lot of it depends on where the terrain is. Um, A lot of it depends on the, the actual damage to the equipment. Um, we just had hundreds of poles broken, for instance, and, and spans of wires down and damaged cross arms and damaged uh, transmission structures. Now, we were able to get the transmission structures. They've all been repaired <clears throat> as of yesterday. Um, but the, the distribution lines, those are the ones that feed into people's homes and businesses uh, that those, that's what's remaining right now. And when you, when you're looking at repairing a pole on a beautiful blue sky day, and very fortunately we had a beautiful day yesterday, which definitely helped in restoration efforts. But on a blue sky day without storms, it takes a good three hours to take a broken pole out, get a new pole, um, in. They're sort of like trees because they're, they're a whole lot taller than they look on the street. They have, you know how trees' roots basically are about as uh, deep as the tree is tall? Uh, That's similar to a power pole. So they've got to um, get these ginormous poles into the the holes that you have to dig a new hole for them after you get the old one out. You have to set it in concrete, and then you begin stringing it with spans of wire, um, perhaps attaching transformers and so on and so forth. It's just a very lengthy process. We do, however, um, expect to have almost everyone back on tonight. Unfortunately, we expect a few of these uh, outages to not be restored until Saturday evening. Uh, we do have a, a, lo- a huge workforce on this project, however. We have um, in excess of 1,600 workers. These are line workers, vegetation workers, et cetera, um, from nine states including Mississippi, and they're working on this project. And as, as we finish re- restoring outages in one area, we don't let those crews go. We collapse them into other areas that remain without outages. So we're putting all of our resources on these remaining uh, 2,000 customers. It looks like we're probably set for more severe weather as the spring and summer stretch on prognosis on how the electrical grid is going to be able to handle that? Do you feel as though Entergy is prepared to deal with continued storms? Well, unfortunately, (laughs) it seems like every season that um, every season of nature that we have in Mississippi also has its unique storms that come with it. Uh, You know, occasionally in the winter, we have ice storms. We certainly have tornadoes and high winds and thunderstorms in the spring, and we all know what comes um, in early summer and stretches through into late fall, and that's hurricane season. So knowing that, um, we continuously prepare. 
365 with we are not responding to storms, we are training for storms, or we are working to harden our grid to make them more resilient to storms. And especially since Hurricane Katrina happened, I know that's a long time ago, 2005, um, but especially since Katrina hit, we have worked to change out many of our um, many of our facilities to stronger, more resilient materials, and we continue to do so. Energy's got a massive pole replacement program that we're beginning this year, where a lot of our pole, a lot of the poles we have left that are still wood that haven't already been changed over, will be changed over to a stronger, um, more resilient material. So we're constantly working toward this, and we do feel it helps. Another thing that we do. Um, another big problem when a storm comes through is vegetation because when high winds come through, they knock trees down. They loosen branches that maybe were already weak, um, and those fall into our power lines a lot of times. Some of the big, big ones even fall into transmission lines in our right-of-way, and they take power out when they do. So we have a program year-round where we have vegetation workers go on a cycle through all 45 counties that we serve, and they look for dead and decaying trees, for problem trees in the right-of-way, and they take them out. They clean them up, but they prune. People hate when we prune beautiful trees, but that's why we ask people not to plant them under power lines because they'll grow into power lines, and then we have to get in. We have to trim them away. And all of that is done so proactively so that we can prevent outages before they happen in the first place. Maura Hartman is with Entergy Mississippi. Coming up, we hear from a leader at the University of Mississippi Medical Center as the hospital's contract with a major health insurer ends. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Two titans of Mississippi's healthcare system, insurer Blue Cross Blue Shield and the University of Mississippi Medical Center, are at odds over a new contract. Effective today, that dispute stands to free some people insured by Blue Cross out of certain health services that aren't offered in the state outside of UMMC. Dr. Luann Woodward is vice chancellor for health affairs and the dean of the School of Medicine at the Medical Center. She speaks with MPB's Kobe Vance. One of the points that I would want to make, Blue Cross has a very large market share in the commercial market. I think they're about 70% of the commercial market. But there are two groups of Blue Cross patients. There are the Blue Cross patients that fall in the commercial category, and there are people who are in the state plan that are in the state health plan, Blue Cross. Blue Cross also manages that as the third-party administrator. And this particular contract applies to the commercial product only. Is that just Blue Cross of Mississippi, or does that include other areas? It includes other Blue Cross, so Blue Cross of Alabama, Blue Cross of Texas. All of them work through the Mississippi Blue Cross. So for commercial Blue Cross products, those patients will be out of network with us. As I said earlier, the for the 
for the people that fall under the state health plan, teachers and others that have the state health plan, which again, Blue Cross is the um, third party administrator for that, they are not impacted by these commercial contracts. Could you explain a little bit about the uh, the background and what y'all were asking of from Blue Cross that led to this? Um... Yeah, so so some people will, you know, if you ask about the background, some people will remember that several years ago we yet again had a very difficult um, set of contract negotiations with Blue Cross. And, you know, we negotiate contracts with payers every day. It is a normal part of doing business. Just like every other hospital, all the physicians around the state, this is this is a normal part of doing business. And with other payers, we are able to come to, we are able to have conversations, to have negotiations, and to come to some sort of agreeable arrangement. Um, Blue Cross is difficult for us to deal with. It is, you know, it is it is very difficult to have negotiations and conversations. We have been working very hard on that. We've had teams that have been meeting almost weekly most of this calendar year up until now, but even though we were getting together, we were pretty far apart in what our ideas were. So what we are asking for from Blue Cross is to get to um, the range of the rates that are paid to other academic medical centers. We're not asking to exceed that. We're not even asking to get to that level. But we are asking to um, get within the range of what other academic medical centers are paid by Blue Cross. When you look at our inpatient contract, outpatient contract, and physician contract, we are asking for a total about a 30% increase. Now, that, that lets you know how far off we are. We are really underpaid and that that is kind of at the crux of the matter so we have not been able without going out of network and I hope that once we go out of network we'll continue to have conversations with them and and that we will get to a place where we can have um, an agreed upon rate and agreed upon plan but up until this point we have not been able to get to a point where we are being paid fairly by them. That is what we are asking to be paid, is to be paid fairly. So that puts me and the other leaders here at the medical center in the very terrible position of having one of two choices. We can continue to be grossly underpaid by them, millions of dollars a year, tens of millions of dollars a year, and not be able to reinvest in the medical center and grow and do the things that we need to do, or we can stand our ground. So we are at a point where we are standing our ground and saying, this is just not right. So so that's kind of where we are right now. We don't get to this place with other payers. You know, we're, we're never having these kind of public conversations. They are just very difficult to communicate with and negotiate with. What sets the medical center apart from other medical centers throughout the state? So I told somebody the other day, um, there are a lot of things that I could say to that, but really the proof is in the transfers. So I have had 
leadership from Blue Cross tell me in a one-on-one conversation, we don't want to pay your doctors any more than anybody else. We don't want to pay your hospital any more than anybody else because y'all, everybody, other people do the same things that you do and, you know, you're not doing anything different. But everybody knows we've got the Children's Hospital. We're the level one trauma center. We're the place doing transplants. We are the place with the expertise, the faculty, the physicians, the equipment, that when patients are too sick to be wherever else they may be, they are sent here. Every day, we take 30 to 40 patients a day in transfer, you know, more than 1,000 a month, that come to us from other hospitals all across the state of Mississippi for a higher level of care. They're too sick for that hospital. They need services that are not available at that hospital. Um, they need medical or surgical specialties that are not available at that hospital. And we are proud of that. We are proud to take patients from all over Mississippi. We do. We take patients from every county in the state of Mississippi. We're proud of that. We are proud of the fact that we have these specialty services that others don't have. We are proud of our safety net mission. It is an honor to be the Academic Medical Center for the state of Mississippi. And for a commercial payer to say, you're no different than every other hospital, your doctors are no different than every other place, that's just not true. That is not true. What do you think the future will look like for this for, you know, trying to treat patients in Mississippi whenever y'all are trying to come to an agreement on these financial terms? So if, if I had a magic wand, which I don't, <laughs> but if I did, the state's largest hospital and only academic medical center would be in network and have a very positive working relationship with the state's largest commercial insurer. I have... Um, colleagues and friends that run academic medical centers in other states and they have great partnerships with the blues as they call them in their states where they work together and do a lot of positive things for the community if i could wave my magic wand that's that's the desired outcome the desired state of things um that we actually work in partnership with blue cross i you know just imagine the market share that they have and the strength that they have in the state and our position in the state and if those two organizations could pull in the same direction I think we could we could do some positive things for Mississippi taking off my rose colored glasses and thinking about what is the reality of the next few months we will continue to seek opportunities to negotiate with them and to talk to them in good faith but we will continue to hold the line on insisting that we are paid fairly. What would the money go to? What do y'all need the money for in terms of the hospital from these negotiations y'all have been attempting with Blue Cross? So, you know, I think about over the last, you know, five years, ten years, if, if we had been paid what Blue Cross is paying academic medical centers and just even our surrounding states. You know, we're not looking at um, West Coast, East Coast, Northeast. We're talking about Memphis, New Orleans, Birmingham. 
like I said, that would be millions of dollars year over year over year. And the investment that we could make in the offerings for our patients, the facilities for our patients, the growth of programs is mind-boggling. Just to give you an example, one of the programs that we provide here that we think is very important to the state of Mississippi is around um, pediatric behavioral health. That is an important program. As the, in my role as the dean of the medical school, I speak with medical alumni all across the state. Frequently, I will say to them, what do you need from us? What do you need from us, the medical center? Of course, they always want doctors, nurses, dentists, physical therapists, you know, all the things. But when you talk about services, pediatric behavioral health is one of the ones that clearly we don't have as much um, bandwidth across the entire state of Mississippi as we need. You know, it's hard to find a child psychiatrist, and oh my goodness, if you can find them, you know, they're as rare as they can be. So that is a service, however, that what limits our growth in that service is the fact that at standalone, it, it is a money-losing program. It is not a program where you can make money. We have such a tight bottom line right here at this place that we can only invest very carefully in things like that where you know that you grow it and it's, it's not going to pay for itself. It's not going to cover itself. We need it. Our physicians, our psychologists, our, all, of, all of our team, you know, they want to grow it. We need it. it but when we invest in that, you know, we have to be sure we're also investing in something that's going to help us offset the, the losses. That's the kind of thing that Mississippi needs. That's the kind of thing we want to grow and invest in. And our rate-limiting step is at the end of the year, you know, we have, you know, just to use an, you know, some, some made-up example, at the end of the year we have $10 and we have $200 worth of investment needs. And so we have to stretch that. So there are many examples of things like that that would be important for Mississippi that we would love to invest in. Dr. Luann Woodward is Vice Chancellor for Health Affairs and Dean of the School of Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. In a written statement, Kayla Mangrum, who's Manager of Corporate Communications at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, told us, quote, UMMC statements are full of inaccuracies and misleading statements. UMMC is not being forced out of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi Provider Network. UMMC chose not to renew their hospital agreements and canceled their physician agreements on January 28th. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi has been trying to work with UMMC since early 2021 to renew their network hospitals, but UMMC's demands have made it very difficult to finalize an agreement. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi will continue to provide network benefits. If UMMC refuses to schedule appointments with Blue Cross Blue Shield patients, other Blue Cross Blue Shield network providers across Mississippi and in surrounding states are available to ensure access to quality of care.
Again, that's from Kayla Mangrum, who's manager of corporate communications at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio coming up at 9. It's the Gestalt Gardener. At 10, it's Next Stop Mississippi. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. See you Monday morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Have a great weekend, everyone. 